to another MLEX podcast. I'm Amy Miller, MLEX's Senior Privacy and Data Security Reporter in San Francisco, California. Russian hacker Yegevny Nikulin is being held in a San Francisco area jail for breaking into the websites of LinkedIn and other companies in 2012 and 2013. A trial in the closely watched case was set for next January, but now there are questions about Nikulin's mental health, and a federal judge has decided to postpone the trial. Here to talk about Nikulin's case and why the trial has been delayed is Josh Sisko, an MLEX senior correspondent in San Francisco. Hi, Josh. Hi, Amy. So how did Nikulin end up in the Santa Rita Jail in Alameda County, California? It's been a circuitous road for Mr. Kulin for over the last couple of years. Uh, he started off in the Czech Republic uh, following um, his indictment in October 2016 uh, by federal prosecutors in, uh, in San Francisco. And after he was charged, he was picked up in the Czech Republic and held there for about 18 months while he fought uh, extradition proceedings to the U.S. Well, this, this doesn't appear to be a straightforward hacking case. Uh, why has his mental health become an issue for the court, and, and what's his lawyer uh, told the judge overseeing the case? Essentially, his lawyer is saying that he is unable to assist in his own defense, that he doesn't understand the charges against him, and that he can't, that he is essentially not competent to stand trial. And that's a, a legal term that sort of means if you can't, if you can't uh, assist your attorneys in preparing your own defense, if you don't understand what's going on, then you don't have to, then you're not required to stand trial and you have to undergo a mental health examination. And so that's sort of where we are at now. Uh, the judge has, uh, in early October, ordered uh, a psychiatric examination uh, to be conducted by the Bureau of Prisons to determine whether he is capable of, of standing trial. What, what has, has his lawyer offered any details about uh, why he's not willing to sit for an exam, a psychiatric exam, or...? Yes and no. So she, the, his attorneys are sort of at a loss at this point. They have not had much communication with him at all. Um, in August, uh, they asked the judge overseeing the case to, to let them hire a psychiatrist to conduct sort of a private exam, and he refused to participate. He refused to come out of his cell several times, and ultimately they had to throw up their hands and, and go back to the court, which was when the judge ordered uh, the Bureau of Prisons to conduct their own examination with uh, government doctors where he will be in a separate uh, sort of institutional facility uh, run by the Bureau of Prisons and that will take anywhere from one to two months and we won't really know the outcome of that for a good four to six months. Do we have any indication or any hints or ha has whether or not he's afraid of the Russian government been an issue at all in court? Has, has he talked so, about that? Has his lawyer talked about that? Not in court, but his lawyer has given interviews to reporters covering the case, and that is sort of a shadow, you know, sort of covering uh, the proceedings here. Hmm. And there isn't a lot of official detail, but the Russian government has been very interested in this case. The uh, officials from the Russian embassy in Washington, D.C., have made repeated phone calls and even showed up at his attorney's office unannounced over the summer demanding information on the case and wanting to know the latest updates and it got to the point where one of his attorney's colleagues had to have uh, have the embassy officials escorted out of the building. Um, wow. They are, they have been very 
keen to know what is going on with with Nikulin. And I think that dates back to the extradition proceedings when at first the U.S. government was the only entity that was trying to uh, to extradite Nikulin. And then at some point during that process, uh, Russia came in with their own competing request over what they said was a, a $2,000 bank theft that dated back to 2009 and they lost and but have not uh, have not let up in terms of of wanting to know what's going on with the defendant. Are you following any other criminal cases involving hackers besides Nikulin? Yeah so it seems that there is a data a new data breach is announced every week and uh, you know sometimes it it's on a case-by-case basis, but sometimes the prosecutors are able to figure out sort of what, you know, how they describe it as uh, who's on the other end of the keyboard. And uh, there's a number of cases, including a, uh, a Canadian citizen by the name of uh, Karim Baratov, who was recently sentenced to five years in prison for hacking Gmail accounts, actually at the behest of Russian security officials. Uh, he was sort of described as the Yahoo hacker in reference to the to, to the significant data breach several years ago at Yahoo, but he actually didn't hack Yahoo. It was the Russian government who allegedly hacked Yahoo, and mm. he was sort of brought in by certain uh, allegedly brought in by certain government officials in Russia to use information they obtained from Yahoo and. Uh, into hacking the email addresses of, of other people. So yeah, there's a number of other cases going on. So you're going to be busy for a while covering these kinds of cases, it sounds like. There's no shortage. <laughs> well, thanks, Josh, for walking us through this. It's been very enlightening. Um, again, that's Josh Sisko, MLEX's correspondent based in San Francisco. Make sure to come back often for future MLEX podcasts from Europe, Asia, and the Americas on regulatory and litigation issues around antitrust, trade, privacy and data security, and corruption. You can access our podcast from our website or subscribe through the SoundCloud app for iPhone or Android devices. I'm Amy Miller, MLEX's Senior Privacy and Data Security Reporter. Bye now from San Francisco.